Chapter 89 In the bosom of the deepest darkness a society has been formed, a society of new beings who know one another though they have never seen one another, who understand one another without explanations, who serve one another without friendship. From the Jesuit rule this society adopts blind obedience, from the Masons it takes the trials and the ceremonies, and from the Templars the subterranean mysteries and the great audacity. Has the Comte de Saint-Germain simply imitated Guillaume Postel, who desperately wanted people to believe him older than he was? Marquis de Luchet, Essay sur la secte des Illuminés, Paris, 1789, Roman 5 and Roman 12. The Jesuits knew that if you wanted to confound your enemies, the best technique is to create clandestine sects, wait for dangerous enthusiasms to precipitate, then arrest them all. In other words, if you fear a plot, organize one yourself. That way all those who join it come under your control. I remembered the reservation Adier had expressed about Ramsey, the first to posit a direct connection between the Masons and the Templars. Allier said that Ramsey had ties with Catholic circles. In fact, Voltaire had already denounced Ramsey as a tool of the Jesuits. Faced with the birth of English Freemasonry, the Jesuits in France responded with Scottish Neo-Templarism. Responding to this French plot, a certain Marquis de Luchet produced in 1789, anonymously, Essay sur la secte des Illuminés, in which he lashed out against the Illuminati of every stripe, Bavarian or otherwise, priest-baiting anarchists and mystical Neo-Templars alike, and he threw on the heap, incredible how all the pieces of our mosaic were fitting together, even the Paulicians, even Postel and Saint-Germain. His complaint was that these forms of Templar mysticism were undermining the credibility of Masonry, which in contrast was a society of good and honest people. The Baconians had invented Masonry to be like Ricks in Casablanca, Jesuit Neo-Templarism had parried that move, and now Luchet was hired to bump off all the groups that weren't Baconian. At this point, however, we were confronted with another problem, which was too much for poor Allier to handle. Why had de Mestre, who was the Jesuits' man, gone to Wilhelmsbad to sow dissension among the Neo-Templars a good seven years before the Marquis de Luchet appeared on the scene? At this point, however, we were confronted with another problem, which was too much for poor Allier to handle. Why had de Mestre, who was the Jesuits' man, gone to Wilhelmsbad to sow dissension among the Neo-Templars a good seven years before the Marquis de Luchet appeared on the scene. Neo-Templarism was all right in the first half of the eighteenth century, Belbo said, and it was all wrong at the end of the century, first because it had been taken over by revolutionaries, for whom anything served, the goddess reason, the supreme being, even Cagliostro, provided they could cut off the king's head, and second, because the German princes were now putting their thumbs in the pie, especially Frederick of Prussia, and his aims surely didn't correspond to those of the Jesuits. When mystical Neo-Templarism, whoever invented it, began producing things like the magic flute, Loyola's men naturally decided to wipe it out. It's like high finance. You buy a company, you sell off its assets, you declare bankruptcy, you close it down, and you reinvest its capital. The important thing is the overall strategy, not what happens to the janitor. Or it's like a used car. When it stops running, you send it to the junkyard.